So this evening's Dharma talk is titled, Apologize Once. Do something, um, offend someone or let someone down one time and say it very clearly and mean it, of course. I'm sorry I let you down. Anything, any further apology after that, unless you think they didn't hear you or something, but they hear you no more because the, the, the apology flips. If you continue to apologize, that then, that then that second apology is more about you wanting to be seen as someone who is uh, remorseful. It's more about your identity and more about your self-centeredness. And, or maybe trying to get off the hook or be given some forgiveness or something. And basically, another way I would say that is forgiveness is none of your business. If you, if you want forgiveness, this is a, a, just a, a twisted form of self-centeredness and narcissism. So what is the idea? It's uh, the ability to respond. Be responsible for what you do. If you screw things up, then you did it. And say that I'm sorry about that and, and actually uh, have your intention be sincere. You actually are going to say I was uh, I was a foolish or I made a, I was foolish and I made a mistake or something. So apologize once. It's the end of the talk. <laughs> <laughs> And of course, this is just another way of looking into, looking into the way the, that part of the mind, the self-centered part of the mind, that, that assumes there is someone that needs protecting, there is someone that needs advancing, there is someone that needs supporting. And you'll know where that, where that, uh, that identity is located, at least uh, viscerally or emotionally or uh, in some way personally. If someone uh, disrespects you, or doesn't offend, or doesn't uh, uh, give you the benefit of the doubt, or doesn't give you credit for something, you think you should get credit, and you notice that they're giving someone else credit for something that you actually accomplished or did. So it's always about awareness. It's never about a correcting that and trying to be a person who never makes mistakes or a person who uh, always apologizes just once. <laughs> So it's never about being, uh, never about being someone else. Pardon my nose blows. I'm really sorry. I blew my nose. Please let me off the hook. Don't hold it against me. Why didn't he blow his nose earlier? He could have done that earlier. He could have taken. I could have done that earlier. Here I've come in and made a total fool of myself. So it's always about awareness around what is happening or with what's happening. Not about the person who's being aware, not about what you're being aware of. Subject, object, not about the person who is aware. That's the objectification or the subjectification of your consciousness into me and my awareness. Or about what you're aware of, your thought patterns, other people's movement, other people's uh, voice, and things that are happening. Awareness, awareness, awareness. If you're, if you're prioritizing your awareness, which is very difficult to do unless you've you fundamentally understand what awareness what awareness is. It's just not um, uh, soft thought patterns. It's not a, a feeling of serenity or peace. That's a what is that? That's a feeling of serenity or peace. It is not awareness. You can't find awareness. 
You can't locate. Awareness can't see itself. Do you think you're aware? Probably not. This, this is a spiritual path. This is about liberation. This is not about just getting to be a nicer, better, kinder, sweeter, more, more uh, reasonable person, although that may come along with it. But what, is, what it is about, it has uh, traditionally been called a turning about at the basis of consciousness. The very consciousness that looks at the wall, that holds still, that watches what comes and goes, that watches the angry thoughts come, that watches the sad thoughts come and go, that watches the anxiety, watches the, the happiness come and go. That very awareness uh, is looking for someone or it's uh, looking for an object, or it's looking for some kind of a reference point. This is called narcissism. And it can be highly polished and refined so that someone can, can, can even appear humble. Probably if someone appears humble, they're probably not humble. They're just really good at appearing humble. If you don't understand, you should ask questions. If you do understand, I'll leave and you can come up and give the talk. What does it look like for someone to be authentically humble? They won't know it. They won't have, someone else might think they're humble or have humility, but they won't, they won't even uh, accept it if they're referred to that way, probably. Or they might not know what you mean. They know what the word means, but they won't necessarily have that kind of a uh, understanding themselves because it is a comparison. Anytime you have comparison, anytime you have humility, you have arrogance. Anytime you have hope, you have fear. That's why I say. Uh, that's why I say often say, want to be fearless, give up hope. Everything's hopeless. It's not even nihilism. It's not even negative. It's just a lack of some kind of Pollyanna cover-up. Don't do it. You don't need that. It's like saying you need to feel good all the time. No, you don't. Don't believe your feelings. Don't disbelieve them. Don't look away from them. Emotions arise. Uh, negative emotions arise. Just observe. Positive emotions arise. Just observe. Don't get on the bus. Don't ignore the train or the bus or the any kind of vehicle or any kind of movement. Don't ignore it. But don't let it get a hold of you and take you away from this. This is called now. What? You have a question? Go ahead. What's the function or purpose of providing teachings like virtue or humility in spiritual So I, I, the way I understand it is to get you to reflect on that, to understand that there is a virtue, there is humility, there is a teachings, but the, but the fundamental expression of that is without itself. If there isn't anyone there, then there's nobody, no one to be humble. There isn't anyone. It doesn't belong to anyone. Consciousness doesn't belong to anyone, and forgiveness is none of your business. Just another way of saying there isn't anyone. There, there isn't. There isn't any solid being anywhere. 
the identity is discontinuous. It does not have a reference point other than the one it creates out of hope and fear. That's where you get your reference points from. So the whole world is running on that right now. That's why there's so much war. That's why people are so unhappy with each other. This doesn't mean you look away and pretend like there isn't horrible things going on in the public and people aren't incredibly mistreated here and there and treated like animals by other people who think they're superior. Of course that's happening. How do you work with that? Train your mind so that when you encounter people who are aggressive or crazy or insane that you won't add to the insanity with your own unexamined mind. Clarify this. Clarify it. Clarify this so there's no doubt. You have no doubt who you are. And no doubt doesn't mean that you have an opinion about something. No doubt means you can't find anyone. If you can't find anyone, then there's no way to be or not be. There's just this all the time, and it's not separate from anything. And you can see this directly yourself. It's called direct perception. Direct perception with no filters. No filter of hope, no filter of fear, no filter of success, no filter of failure, no filter. Questions? Questions? Answers? Shut up. Earlier when you and Junior went over to the to Mind Tree to check out the office, yeah. um, I find myself getting puffed up. Just because we complimented you? Yeah. And I, could, I found myself not wanting to crack a smile or accept I mean, like going like... <laughs> <laughs> like that? Yeah, hey, I think even at one point I just looked away from you guys. Like, I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> so if I would have puffed up and like shown it or turned away like I did, is either way self-centered? So uh, let me say, let me respond in this way. It's not about getting rid of self-centeredness. That's a misunderstanding, and that's a very, very highly polished form of ego, trying to get away from the negativity and become someone who's enlightened, and become like the Buddha. You get rid of the negativity. It's just a misunderstanding. And, and it's, it's just a real simple, straightforward misunderstanding that is based on the hidden assumption. It's, uh, it doesn't have to be hidden. I'm telling you about it right now. Go look in the mirror. There's no one there. There's a body there. There's eyes, probably. There's a mind. There's nostrils. There's a big nose, a little nose, big ears, little ears. There's uh, old age wrinkles or you're very young or whatever. That's happening, but that, that doesn't point to something else. It's just what it is. So the, who you actually are is not separate from anything. It's an astonishing realization. <laughs> kind of blows your whole trip about anything, even about Buddhism. If you, if you practice the Buddha Dharma, everything vanishes. There isn't anything. You can't find a reference point. I'm not saying you can't find this table. I'm not can't, saying you can't hear this sound. But it's empty of anything else. It's empty of other, empty of it. <laughs> I do you'd understand. <laughs> there isn't anything there. There's no one, no person, no other person, no this person. There's no one there. 
If we exactly. find ourselves being foolish or doing something embarrassing, how can we see that that's empty of any other things we might add on to it? Yeah, don't fix it. And that's why I was saying uh, apologize once. I mean, if you've stepped on somebody's uh, feelings or something like that, you know, accidentally or maybe even on purpose because you were thinking about something else you and you realize, oh, that hurt that person, I've offended that person, apologize once. Be, be a fool. And, and, and But don't look for any forgiveness necessarily. That's wanting to get rid of what you just did. So just, just let it be that way. Feel, feel that. Yes, Juju. A couple of questions have come in on YouTube. Okay. Shane asks, what does it feel or look like to see with no filter? Well, it would depend on, on what the situation was. It's uh, Everything is dependently arisen. There's still phenomena happening, coming and going. Just, they just don't belong to anybody. So there's no there's no, there's nothing else. There's whatever happens is that. There's nothing, nothing about that. There's nothing else. So the elseness of it could also show up, or the lack of an else it could also show up as something else that's also not else. That's why it's hard. That's why the, the ego cannot get a hold of that and materialize it. That's why uh, the teaching of uh, that we study every Tuesday night, uh, Trunk Rinpoche's book, uh, Cutting Through Spiritual Materialism, this using spiritual techniques to get somewhere, get something, get more enlightened, get more, 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 more. Go ahead. Greg from the UK has a couple of questions. Greg in the UK? Mm -hmm. Have I heard you... from Greg before? So. Go ahead, Greg. Well, I'll do that one first. You don't. As long as you think you're aware, you've got work to do. He says, and if you don't, how is that different from being non-aware? Because you know you don't know. You know you don't know. And there, there's nothing else. It's just like the same way there's nothing else. As soon as you apologize, there's nothing else. There's no openness for, uh, uh, your, oh, I, I forgive you, it's okay. I mean, if that comes, fine, then you, you, you're respectful. You say, thank you, or you acknowledge that. But nothing else. So one time, one, one time, one act, samadhi, one situation. There's only this. There isn't anything else happening. There, there's no past. There's no future. I don't want to get too romantic here, but there, there, that's an illusion that you're going somewhere, and it's an illusion that you've come from somewhere. You've always been here. You can't leave this room. Windows are open, doors are not locked, and this is not a cult. And I am not a guru. If I were a guru, I'd be trying to get you to worship me, or I, you'd have to do it as I said, and you know you don't have to do anything I say. Go ahead. Is knowing we don't know a reference point? Not as long as you don't know that you don't know. It's turtles all the way down. You've heard that the world uh, is, uh, actually the earth is sitting on a turtle, and then somebody asks, so what's under the turtle? And then the response was, it's turtles all the way down. 
it's like a hall of mirrors to use the you know, read the the song of the jewel mirror of Samadhi, which we we are not doing that. We're doing uh, Sandokai right now. But sit sit down with the song of the jewel mirror of Samadhi, which you can read in eight minutes, and uh, and really look at every single line of that's actually talking about this. Using even though it's translated out of the the ancient Chinese, translated into English, it actually is saying in in various kinds of uh, with images and metaphors of how this can be done, and we might find one of those. That fits you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or not. Might might look there and might think, what does he mean? I don't find anything here. More questions are good if you have them. Shoka. Uh, earlier you used the image of a hall of mirrors. There's no more warfare, does that kind of an image still show up? It could be. The warfare is, you wouldn't have any particular warfare, but there might be warfare coming at you and, or passing you, passing by. Might be might be warfare going on all over the place. More? Juju? There's another question on YouTube from someone whose name might be Jan. He says, with little knowledge of practice on sitting, my past combat deployments have been coming on very intense during my last several sittings. It's been difficult just observing. Advice? Question mark. Call me and talk to me, ask me about it. I would need to talk to you personally. I, I need to know more about what's been happening to you. I'd be happy to talk to you. My basic feedback is don't do anything with it, just watch it. But uh, it might be different if I were to talk to you personally. What's the basis of consciousness? Well, consciousness is a, is a, a, a name, a concept that we apply to visual consciousness, uh, auditory uh you know, olfactory and, and all the different ways in which consciousness, sense of touch, sense of smell, sense of hearing. And so um, it just it just seems to be the uh, sense of the way the, the, the relative world divides up into parts. And then senses, it's like smelling your own armpits. You've done that. Yeah, that's it. Remember the first time you did that? Yes, you do. <laughs> yeah, there's something about that. I'm being, I'm being silly here a little bit, but there's something about that that is very, very personal. You know how the sense of taste is. There's nothing you can think about taste. There's nothing you can think about smell. Those kinds of, those sense consciousnesses are very, very, uh, uh, you know, we have concepts around them, but it's much easier to have concepts about seeing, about what we see, what we uh, what we hear and what we touch. When you're starting to get into those very intimate senses there of, t- of taste and smell, uh, they're very, uh, they're very intimate. There's a separation there, but there's there's not a separation. They're very cozy. So I, I don't know. I can't. I mean, I have an idea. It's uh, but but I don't know if it would help you. you want to hear it? 
It's concepts. You're ready anyway, though, right? You're pretty conceptual. Ready? This is a secret teaching. Don't listen. <laughs> it's not separate. Nothing is separate from anything. The other way that said that some uh, in some ways, and I've said this myself in different ways, you're always looking at yourself. You're always looking at your projection. So you're, you're not only looking, if you're confi completely confused, you're looking at yourself. In other words, you're looking at your opinion of everything. So you're looking at your ideas about things. You're not seeing the things, sometimes called prejudice. You're looking at your ideas about that. And then when, you, when that is dealt with through uh, a spiritual path, those start to collapse, come apart. It's painful to have that happen. The ego can be terrified. And then when that finally collapses, you're still looking at yourself, but then you're actually looking at yourself. You're actually looking at Buddha nature. You're looking at ultimate, your ultimate nature. Paramartha Satya is a fancy Indian word, or the, the great perfection. Uh, Zogpa Chempo, is that what it is? Chimpa Zogmo? <laughs> Tathagata Garbha? Uttara Tantra? What's that other one? The big long one? Come on, spit it out. Yeah. See, he knows. Won't be long and he'll be sitting up here lying to you. Shoto. Is there perception past just seeing that we have projections? Yes. Do you have a question? You do? I do. I don't. Oh, you don't? Okay. Do you have a question? Do you have a question? No. Give me answers. No? Okay. More, Shoto? Don't ask me the same thing again. Don't ask me what that means. know if we could ever see anything past the projections because it's still just an internal yeah. checking off like an in-house audit it's just really fishy mm -hmm. yeah don't leave that don't abandon that don't do anything with the fishy don't no perfume just fishy nothing lasts so anytime you seem to be coming to a conclusion about something, you'll notice that something starts to rotate. But yet we want that conclusion because we have a little kind of a mini experience of security when we know something. When actually if you do nothing with it, just like apologize once, if you do nothing with it, at the end of the apology, when you're apologizing to someone, there's an incredible openness where you've actually given something to someone. You've made them more important than you are for a few seconds, and then and, that, and that's uh, there's a lot of openness right there. Yes. Uh, when you say apologize once, if we've done that once externally, like actually said, I'm sorry to someone, but then internally, um, that litany of excuses or things is still going on. Can we apply, or should we apply the apologize once and cut that off somehow? Like, 
and we apologize when it's even in our head. Well, what, what happens in your head? Don't meddle with that. It's none of your business either. But what is not one of your, uh, your business is when you hook your vocal cords up to what you're feeling, thinking, or concerned with. You start to hook up your, your musculature to this, you're going to have to live it. So if you're going to have to live it, then say, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to let you down. And then stop as far as that part of it goes. Then if something, whatever happens after that is, uh, it just happens. It's just in your neighborhood. Gunshots down here, popcorn machine over here, ice cream, ice cream truck over here. Just stuff happening, just, just watch. If it shows up like the, uh, the, the, an I'm sorry ice cream truck. <laughs> I mean, if you keep hearing this, then just watch. It's just, uh, it's just awareness practice. This is very hard to do unless you have a strong sitting practice. You can't think your way into sanity. Now, I'm not saying there isn't relative sanity that works okay. It works fine until you're faced with death and then everybody goes nuts. Because everybody is so attached to their body, body mind complex that even though we think, well, yeah, everybody's got to die. But yeah, when it comes up to you've got three more minutes to live uh, and you're on uh, life support and they're thinking about pulling the plug, uh, then, uh, then we'll see uh, what you, uh, how self-confident you are. Um, the question isn't clear, but it seems like you were talking about there's, um, there's no control necessarily what's going on in my head, but I have some control about what I say. Is that yeah. what you were just saying? I am. I'm saying. The, what's going on in the consciousness uh, has not manifested yet. It's still, uh, it's still just uh, stuff coming and going, coming and going. But as, as soon as you bring it out into an activity connected with uh, this situation, then you're, it gets more indelible. Then you've actually done this. Then it makes it harder to, you could say, to not do that again and not continue to do that. And then uh, the self-centeredness gets kind of threatened by being in that space. And then it wants to start doing things just to make sure that it's real. Is why people kill other people, because there's such extreme self-centeredness that the only way they can keep that fear from just engulfing them is to take someone else's life, either deliberately or all the other uh, more uh, hidden ways of doing it, like just kind of ignoring something you're doing where you're making a lot of money and people are dying, like the opioid stuff. Donate to a lot of wonderful museums, and that'll make it okay that I'm killing people and selling them chemicals. Uh, and we all know about this. If you listen to the news, it's all over the place. More? If I say something and then, um, and then after I've said it, realize I've said it, like it just kind of comes out, mm -hmm. was there control there? Probably not. But there could be the more uh, the more sitting meditation you do, the more you practice. And there's you know there's, there's a lot of disagreement about this. I'm not necessarily right. If you're in this room listening to me, then this probably is going to make sense to you on some level. Somebody over here at the Congregational Church or at the Zen Buddhist Temple in Ann Arbor or over in Plum Village or Port Huron studying under Thich Nhat Hanh is going to be a different story. Those are, those are valid things to do as far as I'm concerned. I don't know. But if you're listening to what I'm saying, then meditate a lot. Hold, sit down, hold still, and watch the movement of the mind so you can get 
a good idea of how your mind is working. You're you're kind of making, as Trungpa Rinpoche said once, uh, you're kind of making friends with your with your mind because you're no longer going to fight with the negativity that you continue to see there. Excuse me. It takes a, it takes a while to do that. So, and, and when you're actually starting to have, use the conventional word, have some success at it, that's when it's feeling its worst. That's when it's, it's at its worst. Because that's it takes a it takes some kind of just looking at suffering and just looking at confusion directly in order to see fundamentally what it is. If you move away from it, if you put something on top of it so it's softer, easier to take, easier to stomach, have ideas, blame someone about, blame your life. This is what happened. It must be because of what I happened. What happened to me when I was four years old? Uh, not that it didn't. But to just go there and you, and get out of that by blaming something, uh, I'm not saying you're doing that, but it uh, seems to be important to do do as little as possible and observe as much as possible. That's why we have such a strong practice schedule here. You don't see people knocking down the doors to get in here. This is hard to do, as anybody in here that knows. So. People that have lived here for six or seven years. Yes. Um, just a comment that if in asking your questions, if you could speak up, um, our virtual audience is having a little difficulty hearing. Um, also, uh, Sanho from Oklahoma City has a question. Oh, there's no tornadoes. Not yet. He said there was tornadoes coming. You might not be able to join us. Oh well, he's maybe they blew over. He's probably hiding under the bed. He asks, um, how can we respect other people's apologies? So just receive the apology. Don't do anything with it. Don't analyze it. Don't, uh, don't do anything with it. Someone, if someone has done something to offend you, hurt you, let you down, and they apologize, just accept it. Say, okay, thanks. Or you could say, however, whatever is appropriate. But not too much. Don't overdo it. The Junshu's example of uh, having that con a little bit of control of not hooking up the vocal cords. Um, if we have a tendency to have a knee-jerk blurting something out to judgment, does not hooking up the vocal cords over time work back into the judgment to where it doesn't come up so much in the mind? I think it does. I think so. There's lots of things going on. If you're if your your attitude is I'm gonna train my mind, I'm gonna find out who I am, I'm gonna find out what this me feeling, whatever this is, this whole complex we call a human being, and we have a name, we have a history, we have a mom, a dad, a, a story about our high school. We have all these stories and everything about ourselves that give us some kind of uh, um, kind of validate of being here, being a solid, ongoing, separate being, separate, better than other some people, and not as good as other people. Um, we're always checking in with that all the time. But if you come here and sit, that starts to collapse and fall apart. And that's the whole idea of a spiritual path. Not it's not a mundane path where you get a PhD, or where you get a degree or you learn how to be a, uh, a machinist or a, something. And that's just fine. We should do whatever we need to do to feed ourselves and stay alive and support ourselves. But the idea with the spiritual path is you're going to sit down and you're going to find out 
who and what this is fundamentally, ultimately. And you're going to do it with your awareness, with your consciousness, the same consciousness that hears that. And you notice that everyone heard that, didn't they? You didn't hear it. <laughs> I didn't hear that. Oh, go ahead. Uh, a couple of responses and maybe more questions. Um, Good. Johnny says in response, um, my experiences are not so intense that I am not able to continue sitting or that I stop. I was just seeking some words on observing. It's just been a little difficult is all. Thank you. And Shane has a question. Um, are apologies based in confusion? Well, somewhat, but they're also based in, in relating to people where they're at. If somebody is, if you've offended someone or let someone down, there's just this very simple situation where maybe somebody expected you to do something you said you were going to do and either slipped your mind or you forgot or you, whatever it may be, uh, it's just a, a natural thing, but nothing, nothing extra. So there could be some confusion going on there, but it's always about being aware of this rather than doing anything about it or correcting it. So it would be very simple. It's a very simple, sorry about that. We have a little bit of time. Any further questions? Go ahead. I'm not sure if it's a question or a statement, but it's from Greg in the UK. When you say awareness practice, it's more about awareness and less about what we are aware of. Is it ultimately awareness with no reference point at all? That would be a way of describing it, but it's not something you can accomplish. Uh, by way of uh, an, an attitude of, I'm going to stop having reference points. It's about looking at the reference points. And the reference points are could be any number of things. Thoughts are coming. Watch what moves. My way of teaching it is hold as still as you can and watch the movement of the mind, which will go on and on and on. Go up, go down, goes fast, goes slow. It's rough, it's smooth. Uh, interesting thoughts, boring thoughts. Um, irritating emotions, pleasant emotions, just observe. And notice uh, as you do that what does not move. And see if that's a reference point or not. You find out. Seems to take a lot of uh, practice. It's not something we can learn in a few months. Yes, sir. Can we actually find out who we are? Yes. <clears throat> Again. Of course, I'm not promising you that. But you asked me a story, you didn't ask for a promise. You said, can we? And I said, yes, we can. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be teaching this if I, I thought that this wasn't possible. something beyond not knowing who we are? What? It just seems like the... Wait a minute, beyond? 
So we not, not knowing who we are, now it's beyond that? Is that what you're saying? You're saying that. That's it. <laughs> it, is a, it is a beyond because there, you, can't, you don't have a reference point. Reference points are everywhere, but you, you don't see them as separate things anymore. So like looking at the glomeruli in the kidney. Have you done that? Probably haven't done an autopsy. Nor have I. It's just a lot of things that all have their own individual personality or style or color or texture. Is that finding out who we are, does that function like any other kind of knowledge that we have an object that we know? No, it's, uh, it's transcendent. So there's no, there's no, there is no object. And there's no, uh, this is why it's called a spiritual path. There's no, there's no object and there's no knower. So there's nothing known. And at the same time you're here and everything is brilliant. The conventional way, if you study uh, Buddhist teachings, one of the ways that this is characterized is uh, uh, as, as uh, luminous emptiness. That everything is empty of what you thought it was. And it's empty of that. And what is it? Luminous. It's, it's um, I don't know how else to say that. I think even that misses the point. It's just a way of helping you to see that what, sh what is showing up is, uh, is a present. It's present. Sometimes uh, in a, a personal, uh, with, a, with an individual, we call it authentic presence. You're present. You won't, you won't get a credential for it. You won't get a merit badge. No one will particularly notice, although they might. Yes. I don't know a lot about this. I don't know if this makes sense, but the way you're talking about the one apology or accepting the forgiveness, does that work the same way when you're working on self-forgiveness? Yeah, probably would. Do it once. Yeah. See that you've done this, you've done that. I forgive myself. And forget it. If you keep coming back to it, what you're doing, you're trying to find a self that was that has been forgiven. This is more like a theistic approach. I'm not against the theistic approach. I'm not against uh, Islam, Judaism, Christianity, or any other approach. Do whatever you need to do for yourself. Uh, there's no right or wrong. It's whatever you particularly need to do. But since you're asking me about it, I would say, just once. I've, I've done this, I've done that, and this. I forgive myself. Say that, and then be done with it. And then, uh, as soon as you're done with that, if that if you really meant that, the, the next thing that you do is to, it will be to help others without getting any credit for it, without being concerned whether people are grateful or not grateful. And you would not help anybody without their permission. You don't look at somebody and say, well, what you need is, that'd be like me saying, everybody should meditate. Everybody shouldn't meditate. You know that. Don't do anything unless you have to. If you're in this room, you have to be here. If you don't have to be here, leave. 
go somewhere else or do something else. Buy a banana farm. Yes? Should we offer help to people? Well, you know, that would be if you, somebody's, the wheel has come off their ox cart. <laughs> Are there any ox carts? I don't know why that came up. I just saw this big ox and the wheel fell off. Probably something you did in the 13th century. Did you see that too? Yeah, and he's the one who can fix it. He could. So yeah, say, need some help with that? <laughs> and if they say, no, I'm going to do this myself, butt out, <laughs> then you say something sarcastic to them. <laughs> Yeah, get permit. The idea is to get permission so that you so that you know the whatever you're going to do for the person that they're actually ready to to get that help from you. So then it, then it's a mutual thing rather than you're you know doing some kind of condescending thing. You're actually working with them. There, I mean, uh, a week later it might be your ox cart that's the wheels falling off. So need some help? Yeah, give me a hand. Same thing with the meditation practice. And sometimes I say, don't, don't try to convince anyone to meditate. Mind your own business. But if someone comes and says, I'm really a mess, I'm having trouble with this, or trouble, trouble with that, whatever may be in their life, and if they listen, you can listen to them, receive what they're saying, listen to them, uh, sympathize with them, or whatever, whatever your dynamic is, whether it's a relative or a friend or old person, young person, just be with them, listen. And then if they say, what should I do? Say, you, you might say right away, I don't know, because you won't know. They're not them. And if they say, what do you do? Then you might say, and you might not. You might say, I don't know. I, would, I don't know what I would do about it. Say, well, what do, you do have, what do you do with your problems? They might make them drag it out of you. If they, if they do that, then if they do need to sit or decide to do sitting meditation, it won't be something they've been sold a bill of goods on because if, you're, if you do that to somebody, the first thing somebody runs into when they start sitting is all the crap that might need to come up in that person's consciousness that they've been hiding out from. Meditation is not a, uh, a joyride. It can be very, very painful for some people, more so for some than for others. And so don't, don't promise anything. Um, and when I say make them drag it out of you, I'm saying... Get, you know, talk to them in such a way that they say, well, I, I, you meditate? Yes. I, you Tell them you meditate and say, well, I'd like to learn how to do that. I say, well, I could teach you how to do that. And then you would tell them how to do it. No promises. They say, will this help me? Say, you'd say, in all honesty. you say, I don't know. Well, what, not? what else are you going to do? Johnny says, a meditation primer has been very helpful and insightful. And then there's a question from Gary. It might be Gary Huey. I'm not sure. It says, this is Gary watching from New Mexico. That's him. Um, yeah, he's trapped down there. <laughs> well, really, a bunch of beavers got a hold of him. You didn't his, see that on Facebook? When is Harley? Yeah, he's on a Harley. The Harley's tipped over. He's strapped to the, the Harley with the beavers holding him down. Did you see that? <laughs> Nah, I'm just making that up. Go ahead. He asks, how is complaining tied to the ego and how to deal with people who complain? Listen to them. The ego is a way of getting, you're, if, you're if you're not feeling so good, it's a way of getting rid of some of just expressing 
we're not feeling so good and we want to express just like with little Rumi didn't feel good what is he going to do just he's going to sit there and just not feel good no he's a baby he's going to go well you know what he does whine little tiny pain in the butt (laughs) right no I had five of them (laughs) five pains in the butt so um, to listen to people and but you know if someone is really difficult to listen to then just limit it I mean but when you're listening really listen and then if you had enough then uh, you can't do anymore rather than sit there and force uh, uh, you know force the whatever they're saying down uh, you know leave look at your watch and say whoops you gotta go gone and then when you see him again then give him another three minutes so that so that when you are with them you're actually receiving from them Peter says he's not choking He's not joking. You're not joking. Yeah, no, I'm not joking. Yeah. Shane from, I don't know where Shane is these days, Texas. Shane's in California. California. Um, yeah. He asks, why does the mind continue to be offended after one starts to understand the nature of confusion, misunderstanding, misconceptions, and miscommunication? Because it's being understood conceptually, and, and the, the understanding has not dropped below the radar of ego. And the radar of ego is that part of the mind that still thinks there's somebody that has been offended. You can understand the Buddhist teachings, uh, passion, aggression, and ignorance, um, the Four Noble Truths, the Eightfold Path, the Twelve Links, and the Chain of Existence. You can understand all of that, and it can make a lot of sense. You can teach classes on it, and and still not have it sink down into your heart. You, you can't, this does not think. This thinks, and this feels, and this loves. And I'm not being trying to be your Valentine. It, it is. I, mean, I don't know. There's no other word for it. It's a. It's a fundamental uh, being with of everything, no matter what it does. It's kind of like a, a mother. Doesn't matter what the child does, and if the mother is, has some sanity anyway. There's some mothers that are um, have difficulty, but it's like that. It's like you care for people. You care for you know, as it says in the Buddhist teachings, nothing I made up. Uh, uh, everyone has been your mother. Everywhere you look, that that person, their incarnation at some point has been your mother. Is that a bird? Is that your child? Is it Sokaran? Sokaran, get back upstairs. <laughs> Sokaran's uh, in retreat, but she got permission to come down and listen to the Dharma talk. But she can't come in here because she's in a strict solitary retreat. That would be breaking the law. Further questions? We're at 9 o'clock. Very good, thank you. We'll stand and dedicate the merit in the back of our red chance books.
I'd like to remind everybody uh, that this Saturday is our all-day retreat. So from 9 to 9, if you can join us, please do. Also, would like to remind everybody about the donation boxes <coughs> and our online. Uh, through PayPal, we appreciate all your support. Thank you. May the mirror of this penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. The three worlds, all Buddhas, all venerable ones, Bodhisattvas, Mahasattvas, the great Prajna Paramita. O Buddhas and Bodhisattvas of the Ten Directions and the Three Times, please hear us. Please come down out of the light and protect Sokokoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, our Sangha, families, friends, and visitors. Heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering and fill them with life. 